The Financial Post tells us that more and more Canadians are getting the creative bug and itch to become content creators to better promote their businesses and causes that they care about. Across all platforms, according to the Post, there are more than 2 million full-time creators. Meanwhile, more than 45 million characterize themselves as part-time or amateur creators. Tyler Basu is a content and marketing strategist who helps businesses and entrepreneurs create content which drives the growth of their business. Since 2013, he has created over a thousand pieces of content online, helping to drive millions of visitors, creating over a hundred thousand leads and over 30,000 customers for various software and online educational companies. And he joined me this week to tell me more about his work and how to create content that lasts. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's to this conversation. I'll take a moment to welcome yep. you to the program, my friend, and I'm super excited to talk to you about content creation this afternoon. Great to see you, and thank you for a few minutes, my friend. No problem, Kevin. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Absolutely. No. Uh, Tyler, I know that you work with, with businesses to help them grow their content so that they can grow their business, so I'm wondering if you can tell me all about the good work that you do. Sure. Yeah. So um, what I specialize in is, is helping entrepreneurs create uh, like educational style content um, to bring in customers or bring in clients for their business. So a lot of a lot of folks that are selling um, like a product or a service that would require a bit of like education or like research up front, like not an impulse purchase, things like services, software coaching, consulting, courses, those types of purchases where a buyer is generally doing a bunch of research and looking at their options and trying to inform themselves. Um, I help business owners put out the information that will help them make a good a good decision. So I've, I've had the chance to get my hands on pretty much all types of content from blog posts, podcasts, online courses, webinars, uh, online workshops. That's probably my favorite type. Um, and just you know, everything in between. Uh, I've been doing it for a little while now, about seven years or so at first uh, as a content manager for a startup. And then uh, for the past four years, um, just on, on my own, like as a, you know, as a self-employed uh, service provider. 
a fabulous brother. And tell me, how, how in your opinion, can uh, startup owners or entrepreneurs who want to learn how to create this educational content, how can uh, they do that effectively to grow their business? Um, yeah, I think one of the most important choices somebody needs to make is like, who are they actually trying to attract as a customer or as a client? I would always start there. Uh, in fact, I ha I created like a ideal client profile, like template, you know, for it's like a worksheet um, for people to fill in. And, and you get super clear on like the demographics of who your ideal customer is, um, why they would buy from you, where they're already getting their information, what are some of their common questions or objections, what words do they use to search for your type of product or service all that information that's like the starting point because once you've got that clarity on who you're trying to attract then you can make the right choice in terms of what type of content to create or where to publish it or how to promote it like um, you wouldn't there wouldn't be a disconnect between the thing that you're creating and how your target audience or your ideal client would actually want to find you and buy from you. Um, so that's like foundational. Once you've got that clarity, then you can basically shortlist like, okay, well, what platforms do those people spend their time on? What type of content do they like to consume? Um, what sort of topics should we be covering that they're interested in learning about? And, um, and kind of go from there. You're fabulous. And I know... Uh, that you've created over uh, a thousand pieces of content for online uh, consumption and very various different forms. So I'm curious to ask you, how do you think creating in, engaging content and real, really getting people to take action in the content that you created is interconnected? How, how do you think the, those two things are linked? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a, a word that comes to mind is is uh, relevancy. Um, we've just because of the sheer amount of information that's available online and offline, and we have become like highly efficient filters of what's relevant to us and what's not relevant to us. Like the average person is having to filter through like thousands of things that are not relevant to them every single day. So to even just get somebody's attention you don't have a lot of time to prove to them that you deserve their attention. And the way that you prove that you deserve their attention is by um, by being relevant to what it is that they want, like what's in it for them, right? So this is why, you know, the first line of an ad or the first two or three seconds of a YouTube video or the the introduction of your blog post, like all of these things have to tell your target audience that this content that you've created is going to help them in some way. You got to tell them that up front. Like you got to tell them how this is going to help them and earn their attention. And so that happens very quickly. It happens in a, in a few seconds. And so if you've earned that, if you've used that, those first few seconds correctly, and you've shown somebody that the content you want them to consume is going to help them in some way, then they'll, then they'll keep consuming it. Right. And I'm a big fan of never leaving um, a reader or a viewer or a listener like confused on what they're supposed to do next. 
Okay, so the at the end of every piece of content, there should be a clear next step. Like, what what is it that you want them to do with that information? Um, if there's something that you can give them that would help them implement that information, that would be even better. Like a you know a free resource or a worksheet or a template or something. But never assume that your audience after consuming a piece of content is going to know what, exactly what to do next. Like you should just spell it out for them. Always give them a very clear next step to take. Yeah, absolutely. And Tyler, the next question I have for you is about content consistency. You know, there's, there's one thing to create content and you want, want people to take action, but what do you think is the key to content uh, consistency so that you can create and sort of build sustainable content? Yeah, the key to staying consistent is having systems um, that help you do that. It's content creation is one of those things where we often need to feel like inspired or energized or we get, you know, we get hit with some inspiration and then we kind of jump into this flow state where we just crank out a bunch of, you know, a bunch of words or a bunch of videos or like we create something, right? And if we were to just wait, like sit around and wait to be inspired and then only create when we're inspired, then it's going to be tricky to be consistent because we don't exactly schedule when we're feeling inspired, right? Um, so in the absence of inspiration, we're all going to default to whatever systems we have in place for creating content, uh, especially if somebody's a busy entrepreneur. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking, any advice I give tends to be for business owners. Um, which is not quite the same thing as a content creator. A content creator is somebody who spends all of their time creating, right? And they may or may not have a business. They may just be focused on building their audience and maybe someday uh, figuring out how to how to sell that audience something and maybe it becomes a business at some point. But for those of us that are business owners, first and foremost, Content creation is just one of many things that we have to do to keep our business growing. So we're only actually able to carve out a little bit of time for it. It's not our it's not our full time thing, right? So for the business owners, if it's your voice, if it's your expertise, and it's you that's the face of your business, and it's it's you want to be the one or at least be a part of creating your content, then you probably have to do it in batches. You're probably going to have to set aside a few hours each week or maybe half a day or a day each month to create enough content to carry you for for a few weeks or a few months. Um, if you know, if you got a podcast, for example, and maybe you want to publish an, an interview each week, instead of actually recording one interview a week, maybe it's once a month that you record four interviews in one day. And then you have them with the help, maybe with the help of your team or a freelancer or an agency of some kind, they get to work on doing the editing and the and the publishing and the promotion, and those things aren't taking your time. Again, speaking to the busy business owner, I think that's that's the key: is you got to block off the chunks of time where you're going to create some content in batches, and then have some systems in place or some people in place to assist you with the editing and the publishing and the and the promotion and, and, and that whole part of the process. Absolutely. And uh, Tyler, I'm going to uh, share just a little a bit about myself. Buddy. So I was born with what's called uh, spastic quadriplegia uh, cerebral palsy. Simply means that I don't have enough oxygen in my legs to walk normally. And I 
help businesses uh, sort of elevate the reason for hiring people with disabilities. And some of the content that I create has a, a diversity, equity, and inclusion lens to it. So when you view the word inclusivity, I'm, I'm cur yeah. curious from a content perspective, what does that mean to you? So inclusivity to me means that you're you're creating something for a very specific people, a group of people like in mind, and you're creating it for them. And this it, it can create there's a bit of a predicament that we can run into as content creators because we don't usually want to offend anybody, right? That's not usually our intention. To, to create something that's going to trigger somebody or offend somebody or upset somebody or exclude somebody. But at the same time, to be highly relevant to a specific group that we've decided that's who we want to be relevant to, that's the lens through which we should be. We should be creating our content. We can't appeal to everyone. We can't make everybody happy. We can't create, we might not be able to create every type of content. We might not have the resources to, to do that. So we got to make some decisions and we got to eliminate some options for the sake of staying relevant and helpful to probably a very narrow and a very specific target audience. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. And Tyler, I'm also curious to ask you, how do you think content creation can build a sense of unity and community? Well, the internet's a pretty fabulous place because you can find you know, whatever it is that you're into, you can find a, a community of people that share that interest. This is w much harder to do in the physical world, and especially if you're not in a big city. I think of all the big cities in the world, New York is probably one of the only places where whatever you're into, you can find a pretty big community that's into that thing in that city just because of the sheer number of people there. So the internet is kind of like that in that Whatever it is that you're trying to learn about, or maybe it's you know it's just a hobby that you're into, or or you're trying to grow a business, or you're whatever it is that you're into, I promise you, you can find um, content and online communities created by people and full of people that share that interest. And this is, um, I think, one of the big shifts that I've noticed over the past few years is that just because there is a sheer amount of information online in the form of, you know, YouTube videos, podcasts, um, online courses, even there's like a ridiculous amount of information. So I don't, I don't think anybody is feeling like they can't access information, but what most people want is to be plugged into a community full of people that are like them and, and not, and, have access to good information, but also get to be a part of discussions and building relationships and bouncing ideas off of and encouraging people who share a common goal or a common interest. So I'm seeing a real rise and a real focus um, in, online, in online communities. And this is why places like Facebook groups have become very popular over the last few years. In fact, there's a lot of new like platforms dedicated specifically to helping you, you run an online community. And um, I think that's that's the direction we're going in is that as as content creators or as business owners, if we want to build a lot of trust among a specific group of people to eventually provide products and services to them, we should create 
uh, an online community of some kind where they get some access to content from you, but they also get the the benefit of interacting with other people that are in the community. Yeah, absolutely. And Tyler, I'm curious to ask you, what do you think is the best part of your job specifically? Because I also know you also worked as a content manager for one of the largest sort of uh, tech education companies uh, from uh, 2016 to 2019, buddy, and then you ventured out on your own. So I'm wondering if you can can combine your answer to tell me about the experience about working for that major company and what's the best part of your day job today? Sure. So I um I actually come from a sales background and. I was working in real estate as a realtor in my like mid like early to mid 20s, about 23, 24, 25 years old. I was selling real estate for developers. And that was like my day job. And with my spare time, I was consuming a lot of content and then I started creating content online. I started a podcast back then. I was blogging, I was putting ebooks on Amazon and I just um as a hobby just because I like doing it created a bunch of content and built a little bit of a personal brand, built a bit of an audience online. And then after a few years of doing that as a hobby, I decided I, I enjoyed that more than I enjoyed selling real estate. And so in 2015, I I quit working as a realtor and I jumped into the, the world of creating content online. And it was like a light bulb moment went off when I realized that even though I did that even though I created content as a hobby for myself, there were businesses out there that pay people to create content. <laughs> and so about six months after after uh, quitting my job in real estate, one of the guests on my podcast was the founder of a software company that was growing really quickly and needing help with their marketing. So they hired me. That was 2016. Um, I was the second person that they hired on their marketing team and they hired me to come in and manage their content, right? And so that was for me, I uh, an opportunity to take what I was willing to do for free as a hobby and get paid to do it for another business. And I spent three years there, as you mentioned, created hundreds of pieces of content for them, helped bring in thousands of customers. And that was really where I, I kind of earned my chops as not just a, a content creator, but as a as a marketer that could use content to help bring in customers for a business. And once I figured that out that like, Oh, I can help. I can help a business grow by putting out high quality information that brings in customers for them. It's the thing that I love to do. And it's the thing that I would have done for free anyway, but now I I've gotten good enough at it that people are actually willing to pay me. Um, That's when I, you know, made it made it a, a career and i've always wanted to be an entrepreneur i just it just took me a while to stack all of the skills that i needed to pull it off and so that that job working for thinkific that was like the last job that i had where i got to add enough new skills to to my tool belt i guess and give me the confidence to become an entrepreneur so one of the first things i did when i left that job was i just basically took what i did for thinkific and sold it as a service like i was managing their content and then my, one of my first clients after quitting that job was a client that uh paid me to a monthly retainer to publish uh three articles a week on their blog and send a newsletter to their to their email list and 
that and and that was like how I stepped into this world of um of being an entrepreneur and and helping clients with their content was I just took what I did as a job and figured out how to package it and and convince somebody to hire me to do that for them as a contractor. It's always nice to make your own money and be your own boss, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Tyler, I know that we're both Canadians, so, and I can hear your Canadian accent, buddy, and I'm always excited to talk to another Canadian. So finally, buddy, tell, tell me, what's the best part about being Canadian? And secondarily, when you look at your life, how do you want your legacy uh, to, to be defined both personally and professionally? Well, what I... What I like most about being a Canadian is I think culturally we kind of err on the side of trying to stay humble. Um, one of like, I don't, I don't particularly enjoy meeting people with massive egos or arrogance. Like it's one of, it's kind of one of my triggers, you know, and I, I try to like, be be competent at what I do. Like I work really hard at making sure that I'm good at, at what I do, but I don't let that like get to my head. You know, I, I always have like a student mentality where I'm always seeking to keep learning. I'm constantly going to events and buying courses and spending money on improving my skills. And so I'll never feel like I've got everything figured out. I'll, and so I like to stay humble in that way, but still stay competent, you know? And uh, I'd rather be underestimated than overestimated. And maybe that's a Canadian thing. And then to answer the second part of your question uh, th on the point of legacy, like I'm a parent now. I got three kids. I got a seven-year-old, a four-year-old, and a baby that was just born a few months ago. So for me, entrepreneurship has enabled me to, you know, turn something that I love to do into, into a career. I'm able to work from home. I'm able to set my own schedule. I spend a lot of time with my kids. Um you know, I'm, I'm very present for them. And I'm just now after working kind of behind the scenes for a lot of businesses for the past few years, I'm just getting back into the rhythm of putting out a lot more content myself. And for me, it's a way to like, you know, take a small part of me or a small part of what I know, and put it into some content that lives on the internet that adds value to other people, like without me having to you know, exchange my time or talk to them directly. So the more, the more that I create, the more value is, 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 is put out in the world. And um, so I'll just, I'll keep doing that and I'll keep like trying to be a good example to my, to my kids, right? Hope give them, give them privileges I didn't have, but also try to help them get some skills that I wish I had earlier on and just be a good example to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Tyler, I'll tell you, being a, Dad will be the most important job you'll ever have, right? Exactly, yes. Absolutely. And finally, Tyler, tell me if people want to get connected with you, buddy. What's the best way they can do that? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, I, I think I'm the only guy named Tyler Basu. I haven't found any others yet. So if, if you search for Tyler Basu on social media, uh, you'll see my face pop up. And if you want to go to my website, tylerbasu.com, um, you can learn more about me there. There's some free resources there. There's a content planning worksheet you can grab and use for your own business. Um, but that's probably the best the best two ways to uh, to get in touch with me. Fabulous, Tyler. Well, I want to thank you for uh, joining me today and for your good work in uh, content creating, 
content creation and helping a businesses grow. My friend, your time on my behalf is most appreciated, and I want to thank you for being here today. Thanks, Kevin. It's been a pleasure.